In episode number 315 of the All the Responsibility podcast, I talked about the two stories product managers must be able to tell. And these were the stories, uh, the story of a successful customer, typically you're going to have multiple stories of successful customers, and the story of the sad prospect who hasn't yet found your solution. It's really a tragedy. And in that episode, I mentioned another podcast episode from a great podcaster named Mario Martinez, who has the Selling with Social podcast. And he had a guest, Mark Adams, who wrote a book called Seven Stories Every Salesperson Must Tell. So obviously, there's actually more than two stories because you know, product management works closely with sales, and sometimes we actually are on sales calls ourselves. So we should be familiar with those kinds of stories. And so what I thought I would do in this episode is talk about some of these other types of stories. I'll reiterate some of the stories I've talked about as well. The key point that I think is very interesting is that all of these stories are made up of the same kinds of components. There's a structure that's very common across all stories, which is that there's some kind of a problem or a situation that's causing problems. There's some kind of a search for a solution, a journey of some kind, and there's a transformation at the end. And in terms of the content, that problem needs to be something that's worth solving, right? It's worth putting some attention into. Maybe it's causing a lot of pain. Maybe by solving it, there's all kinds of great things that can happen after it solves, things like that. There needs to be a meaningful transformation at the end. Otherwise, who cares if anybody solved this problem? And oftentimes, the journey needs to be arduous, difficult, and challenging, filled with obstacles, because that also makes the story interesting. I'm going to talk about those components I just mentioned and talk about how they apply to a bunch of other types of stories in addition to the story of a successful customer and the story of the sad prospect. So the seven story types that Mark Adams mentioned, he had this list. I'm going to use a slightly different list, but I just thought I would mention his list. Personal stories, which I will talk about. Those are your own story, the stories of your own accomplishments, possibly your own failures. Although for most purposes, your own accomplishments is going to be what we're focusing on. Key staff stories he talks about and company stories, which are really about when you're in a sales process, they give legitimacy to the to they give legitimacy for the salesperson as a representative of a company that has an important story of having solved problems. There's what he calls the insight story. There's the success story, which of course is customer successes. There's the value story about why the prospect will get the value that we are promising them. And there's a teaching story, which is something that you would use within your team to help perhaps help your team become more skilled at selling or something like that. So that's his seven types of stories. I have a slightly different list that I'm going to talk about. Hi, this is Nels Davis, and you're listening to episode number 71 of All the Responsibility, None of the Authority. Now, I do this podcast because I think there are better models and ways of thinking about doing product management and being a product manager. One of the things I think that's a challenge for us as product managers is we often aren't trained on some of the best tools, and I put stories in that category, for doing our job more effectively. Now, in each episode, I give you new ideas and new mental models and new approaches to what we do, why we do it, how to do it better and more effectively, and the impact of improving these. And today's topic as you figured out, because I've already mentioned it a bunch of times, is all the stories we should be able to tell as product managers. You know, and it's a continuation follow-on to a bunch of other episodes that I've done on stories, which I'll put a link to in the show notes. You can find the notes for this show, plus a place to leave me a comment 
or a complaint, if you disagree with something I say, at alltheresponsibility.com slash 71. I think of the six fundamental stories that business people need a little differently from Mark Adams' list. Some of his are really specific to the sales process, and some of mine are useful in the sales process, but they're also useful for other things as well. So I certainly agree that the story about yourself is very important. And I'll also give you a little bonus advice on how to turn that story about yourself, about your own accomplishments, into a bullet on your resume, because that's a really powerful thing. I always say that on your resume, every bullet should have a story behind it. It's not exactly the, that the resume bullet tells a story, but there is a story behind it. And it it's nice because it gives the interviewer a way to sort of get into talking about you and your accomplishments based on what's in your resume. Obviously, customer success stories are really important, and I'll talk a little bit about those and how you put these components together. An important story that we don't always talk about, but it's really useful for certain things, especially when you're trying to pitch a new product idea, maybe trying to get funding for a new project and product initiative, is the story of the prospect's current tragedy. In other words, the situation that you're potential future prospect is in because there's no good solution because you haven't built it yet. It's a great story to be able to tell. But it is a tragedy. It's not a happy story. If it's not a tragedy, then there's probably no reason for you to build a solution. There's a special case of customer success story, which is the story of a product that you're introducing to market, but you don't actually have any customer success stories yet because it's new. So how do you tell the story of your product in such a way that it's compelling to a prospect or to the market, or to an analyst, whoever you might be talking to, you don't actually have any customers yet who can validate those things. And so you have to think about other ways of validating them. The story of your company and how it came to be where it is today, I think that's a useful story to be able to tell in all cases, because you want to be able to say not only that your product is going to solve this problem that the prospect has, like in a sales situation, but you want to also be able to tell a story about why your company should be considered to be a trustworthy partner for the prospect as well. And you're going to do that via a story about, or stories potentially, about how your company has as its whole purpose since it was started or since it made its latest pivot to solving the types of problems that your prospects have. And of course, your own story and how you got where you are today, that's not just about your accomplishments, but sort of an overall general story. Tell, it's a tell me about yourself kind of story. And that can be a really useful tool to be able to have it in your toolbox, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Because, you know, you want to be able to tell stories about your accomplishments, but you also want to be able to tell a story about you as a as an overall picture. It's kind of like the difference between uh, a customer success story and the company story that incorporates all of those customer successes as well. All of these stories that I mentioned in the intro are really made up of a set of components. And the components include a problem worth solving. They include some kind of a struggle for a solution, for finding a solution, a journey, some obstacles. There might be failures along the way. There might be reversals. There's the hero who's actually undertaking this journey. There may be a guide or multiple guides who are helping the hero accomplish the goal. There's the results, having found the solution. In some rare cases, you actually don't end up with a solution. And then there's usually a transformation at the end, and it, and it needs to be meaningful. So the fundamental structure for all stories, and if you look at really any story, it's going to boil down to something that's really like this, even if maybe 
if you're talking about Nobel Prize winning literature or a sort of experimental movie, it might be like sort of a different order or something like that. But fundamentally, there's going to be there's going to be a problem. It gets set up. There's some kind of a solution or journey to solve that problem. And then there's going to be some kind of results which lead to a transformation or that lead to failure and tragedy, oftentimes a potential opportunity after the tragedy. So that's the fundamental structure, problem, solution, transformation. There are a lot of bad patterns that people often learn about storytelling, and I'm just going to quickly mention them. Don't do these things. One of those, and it's very common in high-tech products because a lot of high-tech products suffer from this exact thing, instead of a problem we're solving, the story is about a problem that nobody cares about that's already solved or that doesn't even really exist. And this is one that technologists often do, right? Oftentimes products that are created based on somebody's intuition without validating that there's actually a market problem that needs to be solved fit into this category where the problem that they purport to solve isn't really a problem and nobody cares about it. And so nobody's going to buy that product. Another bad pattern that often happens in technology companies is instead of talking about a struggle to find the solution, they talk about the technology of the solution and maybe even ignoring all the failures along the way. This may be technically accurate to talk about the technology of the solution, but it's not interesting. It doesn't make a good story. It's a boring story. And it really makes the story about about you rather than about the listener. You, and really, in, in some sense, you want to engage the listener to in the story and talking about the technology of the solution does not do that. Another thing that you sometimes see is when you are the hero of your customer story. This is particularly the case when you're telling a customer success story, and it's sort of positioned as though your company is the hero and the savior, instead of your customer being the hero for having found your solution and implemented it and causing that transformation. The final thing that, that's very common is that instead of talking about a meaningful transformation, which means something that impacts people, or at least a person, the story, the results are just all about improved metrics. Oh, we increase sales by 10%. Now, that's a good thing to achieve, increasing sales by 10%. But to make a good story, it needs to be about how that increased sales impacts people. Oh, it means we didn't have to lay off a bunch of salespeople. Oh, it meant all the salespeople got to go to club, something like that. And so you want to avoid those four bad patterns. Now, let's talk about going into these, these whole sets of stories and I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about these patterns. I'm going to go in order of what I think of as complexity. And actually, that means that the first story structure I'm going to talk about is the story about your own accomplishments. Now, the components of this story is you. You are the hero. There's no guide because the story is about you. You can be the hero of your own story. It needs to have a problem worth solving. It needs to talk about what you did to solve that problem. If you're thinking about this story as something maybe you might use in a job interview, a really powerful technique is to use what's called the, a reversal, where you start out solving one problem, and in the course of investigating that problem, you find out that there's really a different problem that's more important to solve. It's called the reversal. But you don't want to go overboard with this. In a lot of movies, there's multiple reversals. You're not telling a movie <laughs> in your story. You know, you need to fit it into a few minutes. And so you don't want to get too long. It should mostly be about forward progress because what you're trying to illustrate with the solution component of the story about your own accomplishment is that you are competently able to come up with a solution, competently and creatively and in an innovative way. Then you, of course, want to talk about, at the end, the transformations that resulted. 
there's going to be some results, but the results should lead to transformations. And so, for example, we increase sales by 10%. That's a result. It's a quantitative result. And that's, that's interesting. A transformation would be, and I got a raise, or I got a promotion, or I got recognized as being the expert in that area of the product, or something like that. Right, So you want to have some kind of a personal connection. This is actually true throughout all these stories. You want all of these components to have a personal component as well. So that's the story about your own accomplishments. The second story structure is the customer success story. The difference with this story is that the hero is the customer. It's not you. They're, you're talking about how successful the customer is with your product. The hero is the customer. Now, you or your company are the guide, is the guide. There needs to be a problem we're solving. This is the one that your ideal prospect suffers from. And of course, this customer whose story you're telling also suffers from this problem. The solution part of the story is about the customer's search for the solution. The journey that they took to find a solution finally that worked, which is your solution. You know, they may have failed a lot of times. They may have tried other products that didn't work. They may have tried to build their own solution that didn't work. In fact, these are all really good indicators that your solution is special and is different in that the customer is successful with your solution, whereas they weren't successful with other solutions, with other offerings that claim to be a good solution, but that weren't. And of course, the transformations that resulted, right? So something is going to come, some good is going to come out of the fact that they now have solved this problem, right? Minimally, the pain is going to be eliminated that was being caused by this problem. The way that you might think about doing the structure for this, when you're setting up the story, when you're talking about the problem, use a quote from the customer about a personal impact of the problem. I was about to lose my job is an example of that, right? If you can get a customer to say, I was about to lose my job until we finally found your solution, that is a really great way to start your story. In the solution, it's really about a search for the for finding some way to solve this problem. And you want to talk about all the things that they tried that didn't work, including competitor solutions, ideally, if they have tried those. The end of the solution section is them finding and implementing your solution, your solution, right? So you don't actually have to talk a lot about the implementation of your solution. The end of the middle part of the story is they found it and they were able to implement it. And then there was the results in the transformation. In the transformation section of the story, you're going to want to talk about how the problem was solved, how the pain was eliminated, and ideally get another quote at that point about the personal impact of the solution, such as, and I got a raise, or, and I got promoted to director of sales. Now, those are just examples, right? The idea here is to have some kind of a personal result because that makes the story much more engaging to the person you're telling it to. I give a lot of advice about storytelling in this podcast and on my YouTube channel, but I know it can sometimes be challenging to put these ideas into practice without a guide. I love working with product managers one-on-one -on -one to help them achieve brilliance in their storytelling, and I'm happy to spend a half hour on the phone with you at no obligation working on one of your stories. It could be a story about yourself or a story about your product. You know, even a short call like this can result in some amazing transformations. You can take me up on this idea of a half hour free call by going to alltheresponsibility.com slash coaching and sign up for a half hour conversation with me. I'd love to have that conversation. If you want to build on that conversation, of course, we can talk about an ongoing relationship as well. I have availability for a few new one-to-one -one clients right now. I can only work with about four clients at a time, and perhaps you'll be one of them. So that's alltheresponsibility.com slash coaching. 
The next story is, I think it's one of the more fun ones, although it's also kind of sad, which is that tragedy of the, of the prospect. So what are the components of this story? Well, the protagonist of the story, not really the hero, right, is the prospect. They're the people that are suffering. There are many false, incompetent, or dishonest guides, and those are all the people that are trying to sell your prospect on competitive products that don't work, obviously. The problem we're solving is the same one, probably, that your customer has, right? It's the one that your ideal prospect suffers from. Now, if you're using the story to pitch a new product idea, the problem we're solving is the one that your new product would solve. The solution part, of course, is your prospect search for a solution, but it instead of it ending with them finding a solution, it ends with them failing to find a solution. And they had a lot of other failures on the way. It was just failure, failure, failure. There are probably negative impacts at the end as well. So the transformations are often going to be negative. I lost my job. We had to lay off a bunch of people. The company lost a bunch of money. Everybody's really mad and angry and upset. Something like that. So this, I think, is a really fun story to think about the tragedy of the prospect who doesn't yet have your solution. I talked about this in the context of pitching for funding for a new solution. But, of course, your ideal prospect is suffering from this tragedy right now because you know that your solution is their best alternative, but they haven't considered it yet because you haven't talked to them yet or you're just starting that conversation. And so this is the... This is the story that you would use when you were trying to qualify a new prospect, for example. You would, you would validate that they are experiencing this tragedy today. And then you would start to talk to them about how our customers have gotten past that tragedy and they now have a successful, wonderful outcome that's good and not tragic. And then you start to use the, customers, the, the, the successful customer stories to bring the prospect along to think to help them realize that your solution really will solve their problem. The way that you might structure the story, again, similar to the customer success story, you would probably start with a quote from the customer about a pers- the personal impact of the problem. So very similar uh, to the quote that you would use at the beginning of a customer success story. And then the solution of search, of course, is all the things they tried that didn't work, including all the competitor solutions. The end of their solution search ends with no without them finding a solution, right? Failing to find a solution. And so the results are really that the problem is still unsolved. The original impacts are worse. And there may be additional things that are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen because they haven't found a solution. You use this story, as I mentioned, when you're pitching your new solution to this problem to a prospect. Use it for qualifying prospects. And again, you might use it for pitching the the funding of a, a new product that will address this problem if it's if it's not solved in the marketplace already. One special case of this of a story f- related to your product is when you don't have customers yet, right? So the story of a new product with no customers yet. Now, a lot of times if you do all the things that product managers are supposed to do, you know, do testing of prototypes and things like that, you probably you might have some early customers that have tried out an MVP or a beta or something like that. In case you don't have that or it's not quite as strong as you'd like, let's talk about sort of how you would structure that story. First of all, you, of course, have to be talking about a problem that we know, ideally that we haven't just intuitive, but we've actually gone out and done validation that there's a problem out there that we know exists. You're going to give a vision of the promised land, 
of what the world looks like when this problem is solved. And you're going to talk about an approach to the solution that we have proved will work. Now, whether it's actually, you know, the best way to prove that it'll work is to get it into the hands of customers and have them tell you that it will work. You can often prove it in other ways as well. And then you want to talk about the transformation that will occur for the prospect when they embark on and finish that journey. In this story, sometimes the hero is the customer who doesn't exist yet. Sometimes the hero is actually us. And I'll give you a really good example of this. And I'll put a link to a great article by Andy Raskin about this exact presentation I'm going to mention. So this was when Elon Musk introduced the Powerwall. Essentially, the structure was they found a solution to an important problem, which is about energy. It's part of the solution to energy, renewable energy and energy independence and stuff like that. No one was using it yet because they just sort of invented it. They hadn't started manufacturing it yet. So they have to show in some way that it works. So Elon Musk comes up and paints the picture of the promised land of energy, of you know purely pure renewable energy in the context of a potential energy and climate disaster that's coming up. And then he has to talk about, and then he talks about the solution. And then he proves that the solution is going to work because he ran the event where he announced this off of energy from a power wall. So he had a power wall battery or several probably installed in the venue and he was running all the electricity for the presentation off of the power wall. And that was meant to prove that the power wall did what he claimed it did. Because really, you have to not just show the features, which he did do, but also what the features enable. Like in this case, you can run a whole event off of a couple power walls. It was a very effective presentation. And as I say, Andy Raskin did a great article about this, um, which I will put into the show notes. Again, alltheresponsibility.com slash 71. And so I really highly recommend reading that article. He's got, he's written several really good, really good articles about storytelling. He takes a slightly different tack on it, which I think is really great because it gives you kind of a, yet another mental model about how to tell stories that I think works really well with the, the model that I share in this podcast. Generally speaking, just let me summarize that the structure is that there's some kind of a change in the world. There's a promised land where we get to take advantage of that change or ride the wave of that change. We want to talk about why that journey is worth taking. We want to prove that the journey is possible because we have solved some of it at least. And we want to talk about the transformation that will occur at the end of the journey. The structure of this can be a little more flexible, right? Um, but you still need those components, right? You're still going to be talking about a problem. You're going to be talking about a solution, in which case, in, in this case, the solution is like the power wall was the solution to this problem. But it wasn't just the power wall, but also the search for the ability and the technology to create the power wall. And so the simplest structure that could possibly work for this is really there's this, there's a problem exists, we found and proven at least part of the solution, and here's what's in it for you. That may be a really simple way of thinking about that structure. So those are a bunch of story structures that I think are really useful. Let's talk about the story of your company. Now, the story of your company is sort of a bigger version of your customer success story in some sense, right? The story of your company is going to be the, the company was founded based on the fact that we saw this problem out in the world that needed to be solved. And we knew lots of people were suffering from it. And so we banded together in this company to create a solution for all of these people. So you're not talking about individual customers in this case. You're talking about the insight that there was a problem that needed to be solved in a general sense 
and how your company is focused on solving that problem. There's a couple things to note about this. A lot of companies solve multiple problems, right? Have, have more than one product, but that's fine. You are in the context of a particular time you're telling the story, you're probably going to focus on one of these problems. Or you might tell the story of the company as there's a class of problems that we solve and that's the purpose of our company is to solve this class of problems, right? So there's some way that you want to make it sound like there's a coherent story around your company. And then, of course, you also are going to talk about some of the things that the company did to get where you are today, right? You had your first product, you had your second set of products, you now have 10 products, and they've continually chipped away at this problem from all these different aspects, or they've opened up new markets, and the transformation, of course, can be a couple of different things. One is it can be the fact that all of your customers have had success, right? You can talk about the transformation your customers have had because they now have solutions to these problems that you create. There can also be the story of the people that invested in your company and how they have realized success because you've created a lot of value in the world and some of that value has come back to your stakeholders. So that's another thing you can talk about. You probably don't want to talk about just one of those, actually. You want to, you might want to talk about both of those. So that's the way the story of your company would work. And structure-wise, it's going to be similar. It's going to be, we saw that there was this big problem out there, and we got together and we created a solution or a set of solutions over time. We met all these obstacles and we overcame them. And the results are that we've transformed a lot of com companies and a lot of stakeholders. Now, your own story this is probably one of the more tricky ones, and I think I'll probably do a whole podcast episode on this. You can think of it in a, in a way as like that customer, the company story itself, right? But even for, you know, if you think about a product manager, being a product manager like, like I am, and a lot of you are who listen to this podcast, we don't have straightforward stories typically. We have, we've done a lot of exploration. We've done a lot of discovery about ourselves and about how the world works. We've, we've typically had an unusual path to get to where we are, oftentimes not sort of what would be the canonically obvious path for a product manager. A lot of times those are the things you're going to talk about in this story. And in this, with the sense of everything that you did in your life, getting, coming, getting toward being a product manager and then once you became a product manager, and how those contribute to your special differentiators as a product manager. Now, of course, you also want to be able to talk about this the high-level successes, just as when I talked about the company story, I talked about how we've transformed a lot of companies with our solutions. Ideally, you'd like to be able to say something about something like that about yourself as well at the end. But this is going to be its own sole podcast. I'm not going to give you a list today of three things you can start doing because I really covered six different stories. I gave you some structure for all of those things. Um, you should certainly consider taking advantage of my free call. I would love to have folks uh, get on the phone with me. I do like to talk. I do like to, you know, go through these stories with folks and help them improve them. And uh, it's it's always fun for me. And I think it's a it's a great tool to have in your back pocket as a product manager or a business person in general. And it, it does help to get a little coaching. When I started doing this, I got much better at telling stories just based on some basic coaching that I got that really just helped me get over that hurdle. And I really uh, suggest that as a 
as something to take advantage of. So I hope you found those ideas about how to tell stories and the different types of stories and the different components, all a set of pretty simple components that you combine in different ways, depending on the type of story you want to tell, right? The problem that's being solved, the, the search for a solution, who's the hero, who's the guide, the transformation, the impact of that. These are the same components across all of these different stories. They're just sort of mixed up in different ways. So I hope that'll be very valuable for you and that you can start applying these ideas. I mentioned several resources and books and previous podcasts in this episode. And of course, you can find links to all of them in the show notes at alltheresponsibility.com slash 71. You will also find links to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and all the different places wherever you listen to podcasts, so you can get this podcast. The great benefit of subscribing is that you'll get new episodes automatically when I release them. Uh, there's also more on the show notes page, including how to get in touch with me directly and the link to the coaching and a link to my own book. I do have a book out that you might find valuable if you're interested in learning more about product management. It's been I've been told it's a good book, especially if you're just starting out in product management. Um, your recommendations on the podcast, if you listen to this episode and you like it and you think it would be valuable, if you could go to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate it or review it, that would be really valuable to me and to a lot of product managers who might find out about it who otherwise might not find out about it. And don't forget, if you are struggling with some, with some stories right now, you want to get better at telling your own story or you want to polish a customer story and make it more compelling or just want some advice or a sounding board, schedule a free half hour coaching session with me at alltheresponsibility.com slash coaching. It'll definitely be worth your time. So until next time, this is Nels Davis. Happy storytelling. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.